Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I am Kyle Hyman here with our bishop, and for Lent we are praying Psalm 51. So why don't we begin today in prayer? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have mercy on me, God, in your kindness, in your compassion, blot out my offense. O wash me more and more from my guilt, and cleanse me from my sin. My offenses truly I know them. My sin is always before me. Against you, you alone, have I sinned. What is evil in your sight I have done? That you may be justified when you give sentence, and be without reproach when you judge. O see, in guilt I was born, a sinner was I conceived. Indeed, you love truth in the heart. Then, in the secret of my heart, teach me wisdom. O purify me, then I shall be clean. O wash me, I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear rejoicing and gladness, that the bones you have crushed may revive. From my sins turn away your face, and blot out all my guilt. A pure heart create for me, O God. Put a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, nor deprive me of your Holy Spirit. Give me again the joy of your help. With a spirit of fervor sustain me, that I may teach transgressors your ways, and sinners may return to you. O rescue me, God, my helper, and my tongue shall ring out your goodness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall declare your praise. For in sacrifice you take no delight. Burnt offering from me you would refuse. My sacrifice a contrite spirit, a humbled contrite heart you will not spurn. In your goodness show favor to Zion. Rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with lawful sacrifice, holocausts offered on your altar. And now let us pray together. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Bishop recently returned from Ethiopia as part of a mission trip for Catholic Relief Services, or CRS. On this episode, hear more about the people he met, the places he visited, and how CRS is providing short-term and long-term assistance to those in Ethiopia. Today's entire show is dedicated to Bishop's trip, so there won't be any listener-submitted questions, but you can still go to RedeemerRadio.com AskBishop to submit a question for a future show. Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I am Kyle Hyman, and Bishop, welcome back to the diocese. Thanks, Kyle. It's good to be back. It's good to have you back. You were in Ethiopia, and then last week you had a bunch of things going on over on the East Coast, different meetings and things like that, USCCB, uh, CRS things. Uh, but first, I want to hear about this Ethiopia trip. First of all, do you like to travel? You know, I, I love going to different countries. I don't like the flying okay. uh, because, you know, it's just so long. And, yeah. But um, but once I'm there, I love it. Yeah. And this is your first time going to Africa. It is. I mean, you've done a lot of traveling, but first right. time to Africa. I've always wanted to go to Africa, and um, I'll be going in August to do an ordination 
in Nigeria to um, the Spiritan Fathers, because we have Spiritan priests here in our diocese, and they've been after me for years to come and visit. So I'll be going to do an ordination, so I'll get to Africa twice this year. Oh, good. Yeah. So what does that mean, Spiritan? Spiritan is the Holy Ghost Fathers. Huh. Yeah, and we have a okay. few here in the diocese, yes, right. at Notre Dame and also serving in our parishes. But that's the other side. That's West Africa. Uh, where I was in Ethiopia is in East Africa. And, you know, there's very different cultures yeah. uh, depending on the area of Africa that you're in. But really the trip, the CRS trip to Ethiopia was really exceeded my expectations. From day one when we arrived in the capital city, Addis Ababa, I was impressed by the welcome and the hospitality, the friendliness of the people really impressed me. Mm -hmm. And um, CRS, Catholic Relief Services, has a lot of projects in Ethiopia. It's one of our largest places because Ethiopia is one of the poorest countries of the world. Sure. And especially afflicted often by drought, which creates a crisis with food. And you're too young to remember, Kyle, but in the mid-80s, the, the terrible famine where more than a million people died right. of hunger and other millions who suffered a lot. But that's been aver averted in recent years because of the, the system that's now in place for emergency food. And Catholic Relief Services is a leader in that. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll talk a little bit as we go along about what CRS is doing there, but I do want to mention that the itinerary that we had, we didn't follow oh, yeah. because Ethiopia was under a state of emergency because right. the prime minister had resigned the week before. So the two major regions we were going to were areas more in the central part of the country, but because of protest strikes it made it difficult to travel to those areas. Mm -hmm. So they had to change the itinerary completely. And so instead of going to those sites, we went up to the northern part of the country, two different regional states. There are nine states in Ethiopia. Mm -hmm. So we went, uh, we flew north twice. The first place we went to was the, the regional state of Tigray, and then the second was the regional state of Amhara. But I thought, even though they weren't on our original itinerary, they're really fantastic experiences. What were your expectations going over there? Well, I knew it was going to be very poor. Uh -huh. You know, I, I, you know, of course, I read about that. Um, what I guess I wasn't expecting is when you see it with your own eyes. I'd say day one, the first full day that we were there really affected me very deeply because that was the day where they decided that we had to change the itinerary. So we really stayed that first day in Addis, the capital. And that morning, the head of CRS, Sean Callahan, who was on the trip, the CEO, mm -hmm. he and I and the country leader, the CRS country representative, met with the U.S. ambassador to Ethiopia, John Rayner, mm -hmm. had a very good meeting where we talked. He talked, shared with us about the political situation, and uh, he expressed his deep gratitude for the work of CRS. CRS is a very well known there, and Catholic Relief Services is the major organization that distributes food in emergency situations. That's one of the projects that we have, and um, we receive the food from USAID. Mm -hmm. So from the U.S. government, it's part of the foreign aid. 
but we're the ones who administer and oversee the program because CRS is so good at it. Okay. Um, one of the reasons is the church is present all over the world. So, so we have the connection with the local churches, the local dioceses. So we're right there on the ground. Mm -hmm. So the Catholic Church has an organization that makes uh, charitable relief so much easier because it's not like you have to send people in. We're already there. Mm -hmm. So CRS comes in, but we work with the local church. And this really is something very much appreciated by the U.S. government. So these past two years, two or three years, there's been another severe drought in Ethiopia. But we haven't had the, the deaths like we had in the 1980s mm -hmm. because they're prepared for it. So the uh, USAID food distribution that CRS oversees, we have these huge warehouses and in those warehouses, the food is stored. But then there are 263 distribution sites throughout the country. Oh, wow. Especially the drought. Of, well, the drought affected parts of the country. So that's a huge operation. Two years ago, we fed 2.8 million people wow. monthly. And then last year, about 1.8 million people, which is really 33% of the emergency affected population but anyhow i wanted to talk about what we did the first day i'm getting ahead of myself <laughs> um but the first day after we met with the ambassador we went to the headquarters of crs in the capital that was very nice you uh -huh. know meeting with the staff that was there and being welcomed by them it gave me an opportunity to thank them but also after we were at the headquarters, we visited the Missionaries of Charity, Mother Teresa's sisters. They have many places in Ethiopia. Mother Teresa was very devoted to Ethiopia because it was so poor. Mm -hmm. So the, the compound of the sisters in Addis Ababa houses about 650 sick people. And I would say sick and destitute people, mm -hmm. really the poorest of the poor. So we spent a, few, uh, a good amount of time there that afternoon and uh, walked around and met the people. And, oh, my goodness, I don't know if I've ever seen that kind of suffering before. I, sure. I mean, I've been with the suffering people in Haiti and other places. I worked with the missionaries of charity in Rome. But this was probably, this affected me most deeply because many of the people were like skin and bones. They would have probably just died in the streets, kind of mm -hmm. like you think of Calcutta when yeah. Mother Teresa started. So there are people dying that would have probably died in the gutters. And uh, there were a lot of volunteer nurses and doctors caring for the people and, of course, the sisters running it. Like there'd be, there was one huge room with probably 60 people who had tuberculosis. There was another room with people with cancer and and uh, skin diseases of different mm. sorts, just very destitute. But, but they were kept clean, they were fed, they were being cared for by the volunteer healthcare workers and the sisters with their love. And really spending time there, I just thought, oh my goodness, how blessed we are. You know, if we get sick, we, we get taken care of well and we have yeah. a safety net. Well, there's no real safety net in Ethiopia. So it was beautiful to see the work of the sisters. And I want to mention CRS provides all the food 
to feed the people in all of the centers that the missionaries of charity run in Ethiopia. I mean, that's a yeah. lot. I mean, yeah. just in that place, three meals a day for 650 people. So sometimes people will say to me, Bishop, wh where does the money go that we collect for CRS? Because the USAID food is, you know, what I was mentioning is for the people that uh, we serve okay. there, but but not this. This is more of a private thing. So, so for example, our donations will go to things like that. Mm -hmm. So, when we were there, the people were eating spaghetti, and they eat with their fingers in Ethiopia, and they were really enjoying it. Again, if it wasn't for the missionaries of charity and Catholic relief services, these people would wouldn't even have food and, and wouldn't have that health care that they need. So, and then when we finished, I was so happy we had Mass, celebrated Mass in the chapel of the Missionaries of Charity at that location, which was really good because I could put it all in a spiritual perspective. But I have to say, the image of those people stayed in my mind throughout the whole week. I prayed for them because I was thinking of their suffering. and But yet there was a certain, what would I say, tranquility there because... Mm the people were being cared for with love. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break here. Whenever we get back, we'll hear more about your trip. We're not taking questions for this episode, but you can always ask your questions for future episodes of Truth and Charity. You can do that by going to RedeemerRadio.com slash AskBishop or call or text our Holy Cross College text line at 260-436-9598. Coming up, we've got more about Bishop's trip to Ethiopia with CRS right here on Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. Brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. If you're enjoying this episode, why not share it with a friend? You can just find the link for this show and share that on social media or tell somebody about it and invite other people to listen. A great way to share our faith is by sharing things that inspire us. So if this is helping you in your faith, we invite you to tell somebody about it. Welcome back to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I'm Kyle Hyman, here with our bishop, and he was just telling us about his trip to Ethiopia. Who all was with you for the trip? Well, Sean Callahan, who's mm -hmm. the head of CRS, plus there were a, a couple of the CRS staff in Ethiopia who were our guides, uh -huh. and I was the only board member. Oh, really? I okay. was the only CRS board member, and there were about six other people who are benefactors mm -hmm. um, of of Catholic Relief Services. So it was a relatively small group. Whenever you talk about these places that you visited, does anybody stand out as somebody that you really kind of took an interest in? Either one of the people that were there suffering with an illness or somebody that was helping out maybe? Yeah, I, that's interesting you say that, Kyle. I always kind of make some connections with yeah. the people there. I'd say among our group, the one Ethiopian uh, gentleman who works for CRS who's in charge of programs there, his name was Zebede. And I, he and I got along really well. And it was great because I could ask him all kinds of questions. And, yeah. But then I often try to talk to the people that we visit because I really want to kind of get to know the people and what their life is like. And that happened at different spots, different times during the trip. There were some young people, high school students, that I spent um, a few hours with mm -hmm. when we were in the northern part of the country, and it was fascinating because uh, they were just so eager. First of all, they don't see Americans very often, and they had great respect for the clergy. So they called me Abuna, which okay. is bishop in, in the language there. Uh -huh. So they were telling me, you know, and, and, and when you think about the average wage would be about 
less than two dollars a day mm -hmm. so you can imagine trying to support a, a family on that amount of money so what i found was these young people they were very bright you know the fact that they could speak english they could speak their native tribal language but also the national language so that's three languages but what they have in school is very rudimentary it wouldn't be like we have in classrooms you know technology sure. they don't have all that as a matter of fact i bought some books for them because you know hmm. that was one thing that some of the the young people asked me uh, they said abuna can you forget to help us get some books so we went to a bookstore and i one of them i let them choose a book that they wanted for school one wanted an english book another a biology book and huh. um yeah so it was interesting i think one of the big challenges is they can do well in school but then what happens after they graduate well they might go on to a university in ethiopia and it's government funded okay but it's pretty you have to pass certain exams because there's only a certain number that they can accept into the public universities hmm. every year but then even if they have that privilege of going to university afterwards what do they do with it that's a big problem right now because of the lack of employment opportunities. And that's one of the reasons for the political instability, by the way. There's a growing frustration among young people because, um, you know, Ethiopia is still about probably more than 80% agricultural, where people live in rural areas. There's been more urbanization in recent years, mm -hmm. um, but just finding a job, you know. The great majority are subsistence farmers. And some young people want to do something different. They want to go to the city, maybe start a business or whatever. It's kind of difficult to do. Yeah. And some want to, want to uh, migrate, too, because right. they can't find a livelihood there. But that's one of the things that CRS is working very hard on, is building livelihoods there. So we're involved not only in things like emergency food relief, but also helping people to uh, start businesses, help farmers. That's a big part of our work there would be um, teaching techniques of farming and helping people. Part of it is the scarcity of water. Mm -hmm. And that might be a good opportunity for me to talk about some of the projects that we visited up north. Twice we flew up to the north, the first time to the northernmost state, Tigray. And by the way, everywhere we went, we met with the local bishop and the priests and stuff, because yeah. they are really, the Catholic population there is, is less than 1%, uh -huh. but the Catholic Church's influence is great because of the Catholic schools and the charitable work. So even though there's only about 660,000 Catholics in Ethiopia, the presence of the Catholic Church has a big impact. By the way, it is a majority Christian country because 44% of the population is Orthodox. Mm -hmm. And then there are, I forget what the, the percentage of Protestants is, but we're the smallest. The Catholic Church is the smallest. Hmm. The Muslim population is about 34%. And uh, that's a whole other thing we can talk about if there's time on the yeah. program is the history of Christianity there is very interesting. It goes back to the fourth century. But anyhow, when we went up to Tigray, the bishops there, Bishop... Tesfa Salasi, that's his first name, which okay. means hope in the Trinity. What a oh, great wow. name, hope in the Trinity, yeah. Tesfa Salasi. He welcomed us and, and was so grateful to Catholic Relief Services. And uh, he had a, showed us his cathedral 
and also had a, a, a big dinner for us. Now, it was interesting. It was not a fancy dinner, but there was, it was plentiful food, but all vegetables and um, basic staples that the people eat. It had to be all vegetables because, and I, I think this is something for us U.S. Catholics to realize, during Lent, they don't eat any meat or dairy products the whole Lenten season, not mm -hmm. just Fridays, any day. And they have 50 days of Lent, not 40. So that's why I had a lot of vegetarian meals yeah. uh, while, while being there. But in that area, we have the emergency food distribution, and we also have the, um, some water projects that we visited. And let me tell, explain a little bit about the, the water projects, because that's more in the area of, of long-term development, because the idea is trying to help the people that, so that they can sustain themselves and sustain themselves during these periods of drought. Mm -hmm. One of the problems is when they get rain, which is not frequent, it'll often just um, come down in a torrential downpour and cause a lot of bad soil erosion mm -hmm. because of deforestation especially. So you see some of the things with the climate and all that really are adversely affecting that country. So what CRS has done is help the people in building terraces along the hills and mountains that catch the water so that then it seeps down into the ground. Then you could build wells in that to get the water. So instead of just the water just pouring down the mountain, it's captured. So there's a lot of that, what they call terracing. And okay. on the terraces, they could have little farm plots, etc. And the other thing is building some canals that help with diverting the water and um, irrigating more land and also catching the water at the bottom by having reservoirs and things like that. Mm -hmm. I'm not an engineer, but I was <laughs> trying to figure out how they were doing all this. And they're yeah. showing us these projects, but it's all done by the local people. It's with the basically the education and the, and the training that they get from the CRS staff. Uh -huh. But... What's amazing to see is how much this, this affects the daily lives of the people. I mean, this enables them to feed their families. Mm -hmm. That beforehand, the, the, the land wasn't arable. Mm -hmm. And also, the one place where they had the, the little reservoirs at the bottom, that would provide enough water for several months for hundreds of families in that area. So when we got there and this has been going on about 10 years since crs helped in this region to build all this so the people were oh my goodness when they saw us and they saw the crs on the trucks but we came in the vans they were like thank you thank you you know um, hmm. and, and you think about that that how much that changes lives i mean we just take water for granted right you know here these people now have water now, at times they still have, because of drought, they could still face difficulties like these past few years. So that's when our emergency food relief comes in. But to develop the land in such a way and, the, and, and preserving the water so that you can um, most of the time provide, they can provide for themselves. It's, mm -hmm. it's a huge, huge asset. So that was in the, the state of Tigray. We went back to Addis Ababa, did some more things there. And when we went back, flew back to another northern state called Amhara, we saw some similar things, but we also actually got to visit one of the food distribution sites. As I said, there are 263 sites around the country mm -hmm. that 
CRS overseas for the distribution of this food from the American people, from uh, USAID. And basically, there's three. Wheat, yellow split peas, and vegetable oil. I mean, that's basic staples. So even though in the one place we went when we were up in Tigray State, we saw uh, the warehouses where... I mean, tons of this, these bags of, of food, wheat and everything were kept. I was really anxious to see them distributing it. So we did see that when we went up to Amhara State. And there were probably, there were several hundred people at the site. And that day that we were there, they fed about 1,500 people. But it's very well organized. And also, this is a cooperative thing with, um, with the Ethiopian government, because they're the ones who give us the names of people in need. So it's an organized system. So we have the names of the families that need the food, and and, and we have local Ethiopian people and uh, other organizations, too, that help. CRS is the group that that kind of manages the whole thing. But then there are other NGOs and charitable groups that are also involved Mm -hmm. under CRS. So anyhow, the U.S. government gave this contract to CRS because of how good the performance is. But at this distribution site that we went to, a lot of poor people waiting in line. There was a special area I was really that they built for shade for elderly people who were waiting and also for pregnant and nursing mothers. Huh. So I went over and talked to them a little bit. Now, many did not speak English, so that was a little difficult. Some of the young people who were there helped translate. Okay. But... Um, they would measure out in the different lines the amount of wheat, the amount of vegetable oil, the amount of split peas. And it was very, very well managed, very well or- very orderly. So we got to watch that. We were there for a while, got to talk to some of the people, and uh, I was just very impressed by it. I mean, without that, a lot of people would be starving. Mm-hmm. You know, as I said, a couple years ago when the drought began, we were feeding 2.8 million every month Mm. and in uh this past year about 1.8 million every month now we have to see if the u.s government's going to continue to fund this in the coming years because who knows what next year is going to be with rainfall right um but that's a part of crs's work is i'd say you look at the and it's called food for peace it's the food for peace program Mm -hmm. that's like one part of CRS's work, which is the short-term emergency. The other stuff is like the water projects and other things that they do in order for more long-term development so that it's helping people with livelihoods, with you know a sustainable thing. Also, a lot of programs for youth, peace-building programs, girls' empowerment programs. So CRS mm-hmm. has a lot of things going on in uh, Ethiopia and actually other countries of Africa, a lot of similar programs. But when we were up in this that second state, we met with the bishop up there as well. That's where I got to know some of the high school students. And I visited uh, a couple of the homes, they're really huts, and met the families. And it was interesting, I was kind of off on my own at that point, because we had some free time. But when I get free time on these trips, I kind of like to uh, interact with the local people just to kind of learn from them what their life is like, because I learned so much. So do you take a translator with you for that? No, because the young people all spoke English. I mean, it was not the best English, Uh it was uh, a heavy accent, but it was sufficient. Okay. But they live in, most of the people live in like a, a one room, 
hut mm-hmm. if you're out in the country more of a hut if you're in the city it's it's more like um i wouldn't call it a hut kind of like a, a little stone room okay so the the room where they live is their living room their dining room their bedroom everything mm-hmm. and uh, so i they invited me in and they gave me you know well coffee's a big thing there uh-huh. and in Injera is is the kind of bread that they use um, that they eat so often. You use you eat with your hands, not uh-huh. with utensils. And then they have different sauces and vegetables that you just take the injera in your hand, and then you pick. If you've ever been to an Ethiopian restaurant, and then you you pick up your food and eat it that way. Okay. It took me a little getting used to that, uh-huh. but, to be honest. Uh, but um, so they're here sharing. I mean, as poor as they are, they're wanting to share with me that you know. Yeah. And there was like one bed that maybe the the parents slept in and then there would be the kids just all sleep on the floor and even some of the livestock come in Hmm. to the room and i mean it is really primitive that way yeah i'm wearing you can't see since we're on the radio but some of these young people that i got to know that i bought the books for they wanted to give me a gift Uh so i'm wearing it one of these little crosses Ethiopian crosses with a string it doesn't even have a chain it's just a string around my neck but it's kind of a nice moment is it metal metal yeah well why don't why don't we go to a break and i I do have a bunch of questions but i'm I'm just fascinated with hearing your stories so uh let's let's take a break and when we come back we'll have more about bishop's trip to ethiopia and we're listening to truth and charity brought to you in part by notre dame federal credit union We want to thank all those who support Redeemer Radio and support shows like this through donations financially, as well as donating time. We have so many great volunteers that help out around here at Redeemer Radio. If you would like to get involved and are able to support financially or with your time, please let us know. You can go to RedeemerRadio.com or you can stop by the station either in Fort Wayne or South Bend. We would love to have you as part of the team. Welcome back to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. We've been hearing about Bishop's trip to Ethiopia with the Catholic Relief Services. And a lot of the information that you've shared has been summarized in an article that's available from Today's Catholic. You can check that out at todayscatholic.org. There's also some pictures there, too. Uh, a lot of the statistics that you've been mentioning here. Uh, you've, you talked a little bit about the food there. Did you enjoy the food? I did, actually. Some of it was spicy. A lot of vegetables. I thought it was a pretty healthy diet. Uh huh. And did you eat with your hands usually? You mentioned I did. That. Yeah. Yeah. So I always, you know, and they always are very careful washing your hands before you eat. So, uh-huh. so that's very important. And um, but I was kind of a mess, you know. Like the people there, <laughs> they have a down pat. Uh-huh. You know, I'm like getting the sauce all over my fingers, and <laughs> constantly having to use a napkin. They didn't. They seem to have a technique. Yeah. That I never really caught on to. <laughs> I like it. Well, can you tell us a little bit more about the environment there? Did you did you feel safe? Was it was it dangerous at all, or was the weather harsh? I kind of imagine it being in kind of a harsh climate. No, the um, well, first of all, I did feel safe. Uh, the driving is crazy. I would never drive there. Um, <laughs> we had great drivers, but I could never. It was very chaotic, <laughs> okay. and and the roads, you know, most of the roads that we were on, and especially when we went up north, were not paved. Mm-hmm. So a lot of rocks, and you have to constantly be turning and trying to avoid potholes and because they're dirt roads basically uh mm-hmm. but people would be walking out into the roads and i couldn't figure out the system of how the 
like who had the right of way or I mean it just wasn't organized like I would be I couldn't do I would have been in an accident within my first five minutes driving yeah. <laughs> so um, so that was the only thing that seemed a little dangerous to me but okay um, but I didn't feel any other danger um, the um, you mentioned in your article there were some protests and yeah things like that but the we didn't see peaceful. them that's why yeah they were well a few uh, turn violent i think but we didn't see any of that because that was in the areas that we did not visit that's right. why they had changed the itinerary mm -hmm. the climate was really nice i mean it was 70s during the day it would get it would get cool in the evening get down into the high 50s maybe mm -hmm. 50s so it was very mild and it was it's very high altitude so it was okay. very dry climate so i found it very comfortable the temperature the whole time of course there was no rain mm -hmm. um I love history, so I was really fascinated by by the history. Ethiopia is pretty unique in many ways. It was never colonized by another country. You know, it was occupied by Italy for five years under Mussolini, hmm. but it was never a colony of a European country. So, so therefore, it has its own unique culture mm -hmm. that isn't that influenced by European culture. What I found fascinating about the history is there's a tradition, especially the Orthodox hold this pretty strongly. I don't know how the Catholics, if they believe it, but the, the tradition is that the first king or emperor of Ethiopia, and it was at that time the kingdom of Aksum, was the son of King Solomon and the Queen of Sheba. If you remember in Scripture okay. when the Queen of Sheba visited King Solomon in Jerusalem and brought him all those gifts and everything, the tradition is they had a son, that King Solomon and the Queen of Sheba had a son whose name was Menelik, hmm. who became the first emperor of Ethiopia. So that's in the kingdom of Aksum. Aksum is up in that northern state of Tigray. We didn't get there. So there's this strong Old Testament I would say roots of what became the Christian church there mm -hmm. that you can see today and it's really fascinating. Christianity only came there in the fourth century, but that's early. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think Egypt and Ethiopia would be the earliest Christian areas of Africa. But when the Christians came in the early fourth century, that's when the king converted and, and uh, it became very much a Christian kingdom. And it was united, there was one church, it was united with Rome. However, when the Council of Chalcedon was held in the year 451, there was a condemnation of the Monophysite heresy. Hmm. And the church in Egypt and the church in Ethiopia split from the Church of Rome because they stayed Monophysite. So really you could say that you know, the Catholic Church was then no longer there. And so the Ethiopian Orthodox Church would be the largest religious body, and they would still not accept the Council of Chalcedon, even today, from what I understand. But like I said, it's the largest religious body in Ethiopia today, about 44% of the population. I went to visit some of the Ethiopian Orthodox churches, and it was really interesting because in the middle of the church, is like this room, like a box-shaped room, where the priest would go in and celebrate the Eucharist. Hmm. So all the people are kind of surrounding that, and even on the outside of the church. But the room is kind of like the Holy of Holies 
okay. in the temple of Jerusalem. So this is where I say the Old Testament roots are really strong. Yeah. And then they have a box in that Holy of Holies that is like the Ark of the Covenant, and it contains a replica of the stone tablets of the law of the Ten Commandments. Hmm. That's in all of these Orthodox churches. It was amazing. And then they bring out that replica of the Ten Commandments on special feast days to show the people. But anyhow, they have a tradition that the Ark of the Covenant is in Aksum, in one of these churches, the actual Ark of the Covenant. You know, we always read about, you know, where is the Ark? Yeah. But they believe that they have it, that after the Babylonians destroyed the temple in Jerusalem, that the, uh, the Ark was saved and brought to Aksum, to this, to Ethiopia. So that's a really strong part of their tradition, and it's yeah. very interesting. And you can see it also in the Ethiopian Catholics, but um, very strong in the Orthodox. The Catholic Church only became present again in Ethiopia in the 19th century. There was an Italian missionary who came and became a bishop there, and he's a saint. His name is Saint Justino de Jacobis. Hmm. So that's when the Catholic Church, we could say, was reestablished in Ethiopia, 19th century. They now have 13 bishops and um, 13 territorial divisions of the Catholic Church. I'm not saying dioceses because they're not all dioceses. Some are dioceses, or as you call it in the in the Eastern Catholic Church, an eparchy. Mm -hmm. But some are apostolic vicariates, so they're not yet dioceses. So the bishop is an apostolic vicar. So he's in charge, but it's not yet the status of a diocese. So, And then the whole northern half of Ethiopia, the Catholics follow the Eastern Rite. So hmm. it's the Ethiopian Catholic Church. You know, we talked about this on another program, the Byzantine churches and right. the Ukrainian church, the Melkite church, all those are Eastern Catholic churches. Well, one of the Eastern Catholic churches is the Ethiopian Catholic Church. Okay. And they use their ancient language, just like the Ethiopian Orthodox do in the liturgy. It's called Giz, G-E apostrophe E-Z, or Giz. Hmm. It'd be for... For them, kind of like Latin is for us, you know, a language that's no longer spoken, but okay. still used in the liturgy. The southern half of the country is Latin. But it's interesting, the one bishop we met from the southern part of the country in the, the Diocese of Miki, where we were supposed to go, but we couldn't because of the unrest, he came to Addis Ababa the last day to meet with us, and we had mass together and lunch together. He's an Eastern Catholic, an Ethiopian Catholic bishop of a diocese or a, yeah, of an eparchy that is Latin. Huh. So that's very unusual. So he celebrates the liturgy in both the Eastern Rite and also in the Latin Rite. Okay. Um, so it's an interesting thing how the church is organized there. The, the church there also, those small in numbers, I said, has tremendous influence with its schools and its charitable programs. I mean, these dioceses have many more employees than we have. I'm talking about many hundreds of employees who are doing charitable and development work. Hmm. So that's a very strong part of the life of the Catholic Church there. And we met, met some of the church workers, and of course, they're partners of CRS. We work hand in hand uh -huh. on various projects. But back to the church. So, it, you know, I found it very interesting. When we went up to the second trip up north to Amhara State, we went to the famous town of Lalibela, 
which is kind of one of these world heritage sites because of the rock-hewn churches yes. where, they, where they dug into the hills and mountains and just excavated the rock and made a church out of it. Yeah, uh, There are 11 of them, and I was really happy because that was not on our original itinerary. And when I found out we were going up there to visit CRS projects, I thought, wow, we're going to get to see these famous rock churches. So we spent a few hours there in Lalibela. And um, really interesting, they go back to the 12th and 13th centuries. They're considered very holy shrines. There are people all around, inside and outside the rock churches, praying. And it was beautiful, very beautiful. But, uh, and some of the iconography that's been preserved and some of the religious uh, symbols and art, it's very unique. It's Ethiopian. You know, Ethiopia was pretty much separated from the rest of Christianity, so they have their own style of architecture okay. and their own style of Christian art that was really neat to look at. The one St. George is, is you know, kind of like in the ground. Is that the one? I think there's down. a picture of you in front of this one. Yes, yeah. that's right. And a picture in Today's Catholic and on the website. I think they took a picture of me there. And mm -hmm. So I love that. I love the history and, and seeing some of that and, and, and just trying to imagine how they built these churches. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, definitely people should go check out that picture at todayscatholic.org. Uh, Bishop standing right in front of this church. It looks like it's, I mean, because the top of the church is flush with the ground. So it's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. All right, well, let's, let's go to a break. Whenever we come back, we'll have more from Ethiopia. Again, we're not going to take questions from people for this episode. There's, there's so many stories to share. Uh, but if you have questions for a future episode, you can go to RedeemerRadio.com slash AskBishop. You can call or text the Holy Cross College text line at 260 436 9598 and coming up we'll have more about bishop's trip to ethiopia with the catholic relief services here on truth and charity with bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by notre dame federal credit union welcome back to truth and charity with bishop Rhodes. i am kyle hyman here with bishop and he's been talking about his trip to ethiopia what is something that you are bringing back to indiana uh, maybe something that you've learned or something that you are hoping to share with the people of the diocese or maybe a challenge that you have for us as uh, the people of the diocese? Great question. First of all, we're all one human family. We're mm -hmm. all brothers and sisters. I felt that very strongly there. I felt a certain bond with the people there that, yeah, here we're on other sides of the world, very different economic situations. But there are brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. and, and so many Christians there are brothers and sisters in Christ. And I often thought while I was there of the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, especially when I was at the house of the missionaries of charity. And I can think about how as Americans, how blessed we are by our material riches, and yet we have an obligation to not look the other way mm -hmm. at the Lazaruses in the world. And I think of the people of Ethiopia and really of our, our calling to be, uh, to support those who are really struggling. I mean, that's just how the Lord's gonna judge us. You know, I was hungry and you gave me to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me to drink. And the missionaries of charity, beautiful witness to us of that calling. As you know, I, I strongly support CRS because that's one way that we as American Catholics can help our our very, very poor and suffering brothers and sisters around the world. Very practical way. 
And that's why I encourage, for example, CRS Rice Bowl Mm -hmm. in all of our parishes, in all of our schools. All four of our diocesan high schools are global CRS schools, Mm -hmm. so they support the works of Catholic Relief Services. So for me, it's a very important part of, of our Christian vocation, of our lives as Catholics. Through Catholic charities and other organizations, we, we help the poor right here in our own country, right here in our own diocese. But we cannot forget those, for example, in Africa and those who are struggling just to have the basics to survive. And I think the Lord, you know, when, when you see this, I, I do believe the Lord will judge us on this. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that very much. But also, as much as the people there expressed so much gratitude to the Catholic Church in the United States, to CRS, and to the United States, the American people in general for their generosity, I felt blessed by them. Because even as poor as the people were, there was a warmth, there was a strong faith, and there was even joy. You could see kind of a strong community and family life there. So they have their own riches in that sense of what really is most important in life. So yeah, I think the thing I would say is please support CRS. It's a great way for us to share with those who are in need and to, um, to make sacrifices, especially during Lent through almsgiving. Mm-hmm. And to think that um, many lives depend on the sacrifices and the, that we make for groups like like crs and just to let listeners know you can go to crs.org to learn more about catholic relief services and to donate to them also encourage you to check out today's catholic.org for the article from bishop as well as a bunch of pictures that are available there well thank you so much for sharing about your trip i'm sure there's a lot more that we could go into but uh it sounds like it was a great opportunity and i appreciate you sharing with us today you're welcome can we get your episcopal blessing before we go be happy to. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now and forever. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Who made heaven and earth. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. You're welcome, Kyle. Join us next week for a special Holy Week episode of Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. <laughs>